<laughs> hey, hey, what's going on there, podcast community? Matthew Johnson here, back at it again with another episode of Dementia in Black and White. And in this week's episode, I am going to share my experience with dropping my mother off at a new, or new, but an assisted living facility where it's for respite, just a 30 day visit for her. A couple of things for me, one, to take a break and then to me to see how she would do in an environment that's different from this uh, home environment that I've been providing for her for the last year. So that's what we'll talk about this week's episode of Dementia in Black and White. All right, so let us get into it. And so if you've listened to any of the last few weeks, I've been talking about respite, actually, and things you should do if you ever get to have a respite and respite just meaning a break. And so this is quite fitting then that this episode will follow on. And this episode is essentially me going to share with you my experience with finding a place for respite care for my mother and what that drop off was like. So I'm in the middle of that right now. She's there right now in the, the facility. And I'll share with you what it costs and all of that in this podcast. So that's what we're going to talk about. And it's a 30 day just to let you know that and right off the top. I'll tell you it was four thousand eight hundred dollars for this 30 day um, stay. And it includes a furnished room. This one was a single room. They have shared rooms and single room, single rooms. Uh, forget how much the shared room was. Uh, 4,100. I don't remember actually, but uh, less than that. And with the uh, respite care, you don't have to pay a community fee. A lot of these places, if you're signing up for the long term, you have to pay a community fee. And in this place, I happen to know if I wanted to convert to long term, that it would be four thousand dollars for the community fee. And then the monthly fee uh, would be less than this respite fee. I think the monthly fee would go down to. Ooh, I think it matters on what level of care. So if it's a level one care, it's a certain amount. I want to say thirty six hundred or something. Level two care, thirty nine or forty one hundred, something like that. So they're, they're they're different levels depending on how independent or dependent your loved one is. And so that was this place, and I have to say that is probably around the middle or low range uh, in this area because those costs for even respite care. And, and certainly even the monthly care, as I've been looking and finding out, it can be from three twenty five hundred to four thousand is kind of where I've been seeing a lot of them. But then there are also some that are seven and eight thousand per month. So it really does vary. And from what I've seen and what I've read online and who, you know, conversations I've had with people, it is not always indicative of the quality of care the high prices. So, you know, generally speaking, you think if you're spending $500 on a pair of shoes, those shoes are going to last you longer than the shoes that you spend $50 on. Uh, it's not always the case. So some of these red bottom facilities are not all they're cracked up to be in terms of being worth the cost. So that was the price. And then the location, I wanted to have a place that was close by me within the commuting area. So that is the case in case you know, I want to go visit even during this 30 days and or 
um, there's some type of an emergency, you know, want to have the capability to uh, get over there quick, fast and in a hurry. So as you may have heard me talk in an earlier podcast about having a place that, you know, might be out of town, even if it's got the quality care, because it would be worth it to travel that distance. But even with that, I would still want someone, a family member, a loved one who was close by. So in that case, this one is close by to me. Then the other thing I was looking at was the training of the folks and the experience of the people who work there. What type of experience do they have in dealing with people with dementia? And it just so happens that this place, uh, they have five people. It's a home, an actual house in the community, and all the people have dementia. So, you know, the person who works there obviously has experience dealing with people with dementia. And then the person that owns this home has several other homes in the area that they operate in. A majority of the people that are in their homes are people with dementia. So I felt pretty good hearing that in terms of, you know, dealing with someone who has dealt with people with dementia. And so I want to spend this podcast today just talking about really the experience of, you know, kind of dropping her off, dropping my mother off at the facility. And then next week we'll continue on just to talk about how it's going and give progress updates and the like. Um, But I have to say it was really surprising to me how emotional it was just dropping her off at this facility. And so again, it's furnished. So I had to bring a television, her clothes, you know, vitamins, that type of thing. Uh, you know, if there's anything that she likes and is used to seeing around. So I had this, this painting that she has that I took just so, you know, and I you know, wanted to have that there in the room before she got there so that she would f- maybe feel like, Hey, this is my home. And of course, that didn't work like that at all. I thought, hey, let me go in, you know, so I had her kind of stay in the car while I took the picture in and took her clothes in and went in and laid that, you know, the picture out on the dresser. I set it up and then put the some of her clothes, just laid it across the bed type of thing, hung some things up in the closet. And then when she got in there, instead of going, huh, this is my room, obviously, these are my clothes. She got in the room and said, why are my things in this person's house? I need to get my things out of here. <laughs> so she gathered up all the stuff that I laid out in the room and you know took it back with her to the living room where she, you know, awaited her departure. But in either case, uh the the whole drop of just you know going up to the facility driving there, it was like when, you know, I have two daughters, as you know, two beautiful wonderful, well-adjusted daughters. They both turned out great. Two great young adults. And I remember dropping my oldest one off and hope my youngest one isn't listening because it was harder dropping her off at daycare the first time than it was when I dropped my youngest one off at daycare. By the time I dropped the youngest one off, it was like, yeah, here she is. Go, get out of here. But when I dropped the first one off, I was like, man, I'm leaving my baby girl with a perfect stranger. You know, this was some, actually the first time I dropped her off was a home facility for her, uh, my oldest daughter. And it was why we were on the list. So we were on the list. I had a daycare facility where I worked and that was the plan to get in there because it was subsidized and it was at work literally. So, you know, just drop her off and then go to work type of thing. But they were backed up, had a long waiting list. So I couldn't get there right away and I had to find a place uh, temporarily 
for my daughter. And it was, you know, a place that I saw on, I don't know how I found that place. Was it? it had to be online, I guess, even though this was, you know, 20 plus years ago. But it was in my community. You know, I had a condo and just, you know, literally four or five buildings away, uh, a woman was advertising a daycare. And maybe I just saw it in the laundry room. I don't know how I found her, but found her there. And But just dropping my daughter off for the first time, it was like, I do not want to leave my daughter here. And how is she going to act? And, of course, she cried when I dropped her off. So you got these guilty feelings like, why? Like you feel like the child is saying, why are you leaving and forsaking me in this manner? And, you know, you got to go to work and try to work through it and all that. And, of course, as time goes by, things get adjusted and the person, the kid adjusts and the daycare person adjusts. Actually, in my first daycare experience, they did not adjust. I ended up pulling my daughter out of that one and getting her into another place with a co-worker's mother who had a daycare. Long story, but we won't talk about that. But my mother, anyway, I had those similar feelings is the point. That's the point I'm trying to make, that I had those similar feelings and dropping my mother off, you know, who's a grown adult who I felt like, you know, she was going to be cared for well in this place. But I just felt like I was you know, betraying her in some way by taking her to this place and leaving her. And oddly enough, it was really not that difficult in terms of the like her thinking this is not where she's supposed to be and she needs to be leaving with me. Right. I was worried that once I uh, started to leave that she would be like, uh, hello, where you going, bro? I'm going to which I ain't standing up in here with these strange people. But she wasn't like that. There was, um, you know, they planned to give her some food. So they had a sandwich and whatnot that they made for her. She sat down in the living room. She was eating her sandwich. I was like, all right, mom, I'm leaving. She was like, all right, deuces. Peace out. No, she did say that, but she was just calm and just said bye. Like said bye to me, and that was it. So it wasn't a big to do. It wasn't you know gushing of tears or oh give me a hug. I'm gonna miss you. And, and it was just like man, would you please go ahead and get so I can finish this sandwich? I'm trying to eat, and you keep talking about some you're leaving and all this. So it, it really was, I guess, the dementia essentially uh, playing its part so that she didn't really understand what was transpiring there that this was going to be your location for at least the next 30 days, if not longer, because of course in the back of my mind as well, this is a test. This is a dry run to see if this facility and really any facility would be a good fit for mom in the long term. And if this would be a better case scenario to have you know, professional caregivers caring for her rather than the kind of hodgepodge quilt work I have going on now with taking care of her at home and all the stress that that involves in terms of, you know, if somebody calls off sick and if this or that, you have to kind of make sure that everything is in place and that, you know, the 24 hours in the day are covered completely. You can't just, you know, have a few days off uh, without having coverage um, at the house, you know, in my current situation. So this was also is also a test run and she doesn't know she doesn't have a clue about all that for her. It was living in the moment, which there certainly is probably some message, general message in that that we all need to take that perhaps at times instead of 
thinking about the big picture all the time and what does this mean for my relationship with my mother and how is she going to feel about being left behind and abandoned that maybe just live in the moment. Maybe life is really about just enjoying a sandwich, right? That it's it's not about all the the big things that we concern ourselves with and that we worry about. Sometimes life is just about a ham and cheese sandwich and that you enjoy that sandwich to the fullest and in that moment. And and that's that's how it went. Now, of course, for me, again, afterwards, I'm sitting in the car outside waiting for mom to come running down the driveway saying, don't leave me. You're my youngest son. I love you. It ain't none of that happened. I waited, 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 and nothing. She didn't come and check on me. She ain't had them call me. And even when I called, because, you know, uh, my brothers, I gave them the phone number. My daughter, of course, uh, went by. It's just like, I'm good over here. What's up with you? Like, mom, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm good. I'm be all right. So it really was a situation of her, of course, still, I'm sure, feeling like she's not home. And she's had that here, by the way, where she will pack her things and waiting for someone to come pick her up to take her home, home to her childhood home again, not to the home that she most recently left from before she moved in with me. So that thing still happens in terms of her not having place and time quite together. But that just transferred to this new place. It wasn't as if she was saying, I want to go back with you, son, where we just came from either. It was, you know, kind of the same thing. So just wanted to share that with you, let you know that. There can be life in this respite thing. If you are a person who is considering that to find a local facility that will offer that break to you. And yes, it can be expensive. In my case, forty eight hundred dollars. But I believe it'll be money well spent in terms of being able to just have a break and maybe having this turn into something long term. And maybe that being the best in terms of care for my mother, because at the end of the day, that's what this is really all about, providing the best care for her. So we'll continue next week with the update on what's going on with this respite care. Until then, Matthew Johnson here. And you've just heard an episode of Dementia in Black and White. Continue to take care of your loved one. That's very important and it's wonderful that you are stepping up to do that. But also, don't forget to take care of yourself. That is even more important. With that, I'm out. <laughs>